Welcome to Authentic Human with me, Michelle Vickers, where we explore creation, existence, and evolution with the most influential universal beings in existence. Let's see what they have in store for us today. Welcome back. We're going to go a little bit deeper today into that dynamic of who you think you need to be, who you think you're being, and who you're actually being. <laughs> Always the uh, awesome revelations that come out of this. So today we're going to talk about safety versus control. And, you know, uh, as humans, our ideas of safety come from a really interesting place. You know, most of them, if you're allowing yourself to feel into the truth of it, is most of them come from fear. Uh, in fact, all of them. And, and it's, it's really time to start to look at what's driving your ideas and ideals for raising yourself. You know, I want to, I want you to think today about raising yourself as though you're raising a child. And this is important. You know, they're, they're showing me, it's really cool, actually. Um, I've never, I've never seen it this way. So th it's really fascinating, but it makes total sense. Because if you think about it, how you choose to treat yourself and react to your emotions and, you know, really nurture yourself is a reflection of who you've been taught to be. Okay. And if you, for a moment, allow yourself to really relax into the truth that you're raising yourself. So who you're choosing to be in this moment is on you. No matter who taught you how to do this. And no matter if, you know, you had an experience five minutes ago or 25 years ago that caused you harm. And now you have this drive and desire to um, either cover up the pain or protect yourself from, from being hurt again. Maybe it's to protect yourself from feeling what you felt at that point. All of those approaches are based on fear. And if you really look at how you treat yourself, it's when you focus on fear, okay, and you allow fear to drive your choices and decisions, you're choosing to recognize yourself as being less than you have the potential to be. And this is, you know, this is kind of fascinating because especially if you are a parent and you've raised a child or maybe you're an educator and you've raised children in one capacity or another, you know, or you're in any kind of relationship or position that requires you to encourage another human being to really become more than they are, right? Because that's what evolution is. It's, it's an evolution from one state of being to the next. And we're constantly on, on that journey. The 
problem, and I use that word very loosely, but the problem that we're seeing now as a blanket issue across humanity is that we've really forgotten how to encourage ourselves beyond what makes us comfortable. And what I mean by that is we're, we're much more comfortable with the status quo, but it's more than that. It's that our brains become so over-involved with needing to create a situation and all the dynamics within that situation in order to allow our mind to relax and to surrender to the fact that it's inevitable, okay? And what your soul is saying today is that from here on out, you're going to be given the opportunity to recognize how you're approaching your opportunities and your experiences. And whenever you're approaching them from a perspective of safety or control, it's your job to stop and to be in the moment, okay? To reflect on if either of those approaches are really the best thing for you. Because sometimes they are. Sometimes they are absolutely the best approach to allow yourself to relax and surrender in the next step, okay? So for example, if you're going into a situation where you have absolutely no control of the outcome, okay? You have absolutely no control, but you can do your best to make it as comfortable as possible. So that means, you know, you're controlling some of the details or creating as safe a place as possible. So you're taking care of details in order to ensure that once you arrive in the situation, you can relax and allow yourself to flow through. Okay. So that's one example of how to use that approach effectively. It's not effective when our goal is safety or, or, you know, using control, um, in order to control the entire situation as well as the outcome. And what I mean by that, so I'm going to give you a couple of examples. So in the first one, let's, let's say that you're, you have to go in and have surgery. Okay. And you have a lot of concerns about how that surgery is going to go. But more importantly, you have a lot of concerns about how you'll be treated in the hospital and you also want to ensure that the things that you need to thrive and to support your ability to thrive are going to be there, okay? It's not about using fear to approach that dynamic and need to control every detail. It's about recognizing that there's a bigger picture 
and you're having surgery for one reason, but in order to support you, it's about taking a step back and going, okay, what do I really need? Because oftentimes our brains get caught so caught up in the details of what we think we need. We're not and then we get into the fear. We spiral down and we spiral out of control, right? Imagine, you know, a lot, and this is a lot of, of couples who, you know, are in the process or thinking about getting separated. And they both are stuck in the fear of how is this going to work for the kids? And, you know, and then some of them go to the place of wanting to c control that whole dynamic of how the kids' lives are going to unfold based on their experience with their partner. And it's important to remember that your experiences and your emotional reactions are based on your story. Okay. And what I mean by that is if you had a bad experience with your partner, okay, it's important for you not to act from that place, but to be able to step back and really recognize who that person is as a parent and as a provider of wisdom and nurturing and care and guidance for your children. Yep, they may not do it like you. And chances are pretty good they don't do it anything like you. And that's probably why you're getting, you're at that place where, you know, a separation is, is necessary. It's one of the contributing factors, right? But the reality is your job is to look at things from a place and a perspective that allows you to grow as a human being. Don't need the other person. So don't need the nurses or doctors at the hospital to see things from your perspective and how you want to heal yourself and how you need to be cared for. Don't need your partner or soon to be ex-partner or already ex-partner. Don't need them to see things how you have decided they should see things because that's how you see it. Allow them to see everything how they want. Choose to show up in the way that is best for you. Even if you're in a relationship, you know, and your partner and yourself don't see eye to eye, it's not about needing them to get it your way because that would be redundant. Again, that goes back to what we've talked about so many times in this universe, right? Every single soul is unique and unique for a reason. You know, it's not about needing them to see it your way. It's about recognizing that your children have chosen both of you for very specific reasons. And it's your job to step up and recognize with respect that this other human has extreme value to offer. Whether you like how they're delivering that value or not, that's not the point. The point is it's about allowing yourself to recognize from a place of embodying respect for this other human being for how, who they're choosing to be, right? It's just like being in the hospital. It's allowing yourself to respect that these systems have been put in place for reasons or another. Yes, it can be for financial. It doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, 
your job as a human being is twofold. It's about trusting that the experiences that you're having are part of your story because you need to have them in order for you to grow. Okay? It's also remembering that if something is happening to your children, let's say, it's their experiences they need to have in order for them to grow. Okay? Now, does that mean we sit on the sidelines and put our children in the line of fire? No. Does it mean we put our loved ones in the line of fire? Absolutely not. Right? Some of those experiences are about us stepping up and standing in and, and taking a stand and saying, nope, this is inappropriate and I know that. How do you know it though? How do you know the difference if it's one or the other? Because you can feel it. Okay? So there's a difference between fear, which is, you know, fear. And fear basically comes from past experiences. Okay? Self-righteous indignation. That's, um, <laughs> that's a, a, a whole other fascinating element. And, you know, it's very interesting because a lot of people will stand in that energy and that's where they take a stand from, right? That's where they're fighting against something or for something. Uh, but ultimately, it's the energy of fighting, right? Self-righteous indignation. It's, I see that you're doing something horrible. And instead of me focusing on who I need to be and what I need to do, I'm going to stand here and do everything I can to hold you accountable. It's not helpful. It's not helpful at all. You know, it was interesting because my son was going through a bit of a challenge with, uh, with one of the children in his circle uh, a couple years ago. And um, the, the parents were phenomenal and they just stepped up and, you know, they really, they just, they just offered to have an open conversation with all of us. And, you know, I, I thanked them so much, but I also said, no, that's, that's not necessary because pointing someone out and holding them accountable in the sense of talking about what they're doing isn't actually helpful because you're focusing on the actual behavior but more importantly it's holding the shame and needing to correct and I want you to think for a moment in your life because we've all experienced it how how and maybe you have 20 maybe you have 50 maybe you have hundreds maybe you have one or two that stand out and this can be anything from school to family to friends to our, our wonderful teen years where I feel like we have these experiences almost daily. Um, but where you felt shameful and then someone held that shame over your head to make sure you knew what you had done wrong. 
And I want you to think about how that made you feel. How did it make you feel when that person made you feel even worse than you already did? You already knew it was wrong. Did that shame help? And I want you to then just imagine for a moment what you would have loved to hear from the other person. You know, how would you have wanted the experience to go? And what would you have wanted to say to the other person in a perfect world? And what I mean by perfect world is where you feel like you can say anything and be all of who you are, free of judgment or ramifications, so to speak. And it's important because what they're showing me right now is so much of what we do and how we approach life is based on what we think we need to do for others or because others will judge us if we don't. And as you're here in this place of, of rec recognizing it really and, and remembering shameful moments from your past, did those moments define you? Did they make you a better person? Or did they make you feel like you had to hide more of who you are? And did those moments cause you to really feel that need to protect yourself and keep yourself safe from ever having those experiences again? You know, this is a big, this is a big deal. It's, a, it's really big. Um, it's a big topic. And if you look at the world right now, the state of the world, <laughs> the state of where humanity is going, it's understanding just how impactful and important your integrity is. You know, and integrity, it's a lovely word. It's probably one of my most favorite words energetically because integrity is the ability to embody who you truly are right from your heart, not needing to be any different while also holding complete love, compassion and respect truth and joy for yourself as well as every other human being you're in connection with and you know this is a it's an art to to master the ability to stand in this energy and and really allow it to be all that it is and so for this week you know the question that you want to really be asking yourself is are you raising yourself to become confident 
and filled with integrity and compassion and respect for yourself. And obviously what happens is that's how you're treating everyone else in your life. Even though you may think you're treating them with love and compassion and respect. If you're not treating yourself that way, you cannot embody it for others. So now it's about recognizing whether you're coming from a place of wanting to keep people safe and control the situation, or if you're allowing yourself to truly understand and trust that as human beings, there's a bigger picture to our lives and to the intention behind our lives and to the reason that we're, we're here in physical form. It's also understanding that our challenges are meant for us to become who we're meant to be. You know, if you see someone doing something wrong, that is completely unethical, that's your job to step up and to to clear that energy from your space, or maybe it's your children's space. But it's about how you do it, right? And if you do it from a place of then carrying guilt or carrying remorse, so that you go into the place of control and you need to keep everything safe so it never happens again, that's not actually helpful. It's not helpful to you, nor is it helpful to the person that you're intending to protect. It's remembering that if and when things happen that challenge us, they are specifically and strategically designed by our soul and the entire universe that knows that we need that experience to help us grow into who we're meant to be, okay? Don't hide the details from yourself. Don't hide the details from your children and from your loved ones. Talk about all the things. If you can't find the courage to talk about it, take a deep breath and start to talk about it yourself with someone else first so you can build that confidence so that the stigma goes away. So it becomes a natural conversation and eventually you're able to then have it with your loved ones. You know, it's you first, right? And that's what I mean by raising yourself. That's what we're talking about, right? If you're raising yourself up to fear those big conversations, to fear even being direct, being direct should never be a big conversation. It should never be a big dramatic thing, right? Being direct should be able to be really and truly your first go-to all the time. That's what we're meant to do, right? Because it's in that directness that we're able to see truth. It's in the directness that we're able to recognize that we're having an emotional reaction, what that emotional reaction is and what it's telling us that we need to fill ourselves and to fill our souls to bring us back into balance. And if we continue to hide from that dynamic, then the only person that we're really doing damage to well, is ourself, but your impact in the world becomes less than because you're teaching those that you love to lead with fear, to lead with control and safety, and to make sure that their life is based on fear, right? If you're taking your child to play at the playground, but 
you're not going to actually let them play when you go there, then don't go. Don't go, right? It's like you saying, okay, well, I want to try this business, but these are all the parameters I have to stay within. Then it's not going to happen for you, right? It's, it's understanding that your rules, the regulations and the limitations that you set for yourself determine your success. It's why science is so broken. You know, the concept of science, the, the discovery, the ability to explore and discover is phenomenal. But the approach that humanity takes to it, it uh, like the, the intention of it is in alignment with universal awareness. But the approach that humanity has created in this finite version of science is that we need to prove at the end and all along the way. And in proving, we're going to find our justification and we're going to find our value. And that's why the scientific approach leaves us feeling not only empty, but wanting more all the time because it, the, it's lacking the fullness of what we're meant to experience because it's the rules and the guidelines and the limitations that are set before the experiment even begins before the exploration even begins so if you're setting all these limitations for yourself on how things need to be right because you're basing those limitations on safety you're basing them on controlling you know and and safety is coming from a fear of wanting everything to be okay and control comes from the need for everything to be okay and Neither of those come from a place of trust and knowing the truth of this universal awareness and that you're a universal being and you're meant to succeed. Neither of those approaches embody that truth. Neither of them. So you're already starting from a deficit. So it doesn't really matter what the outcome is. It's always going to be second best and most often it will even fail. But the one that you're failing is you because you're not believing in yourself. You're not embodying the truth that you're meant to succeed. This is not about, you know, if you're approaching life as I am enough, if you find yourself saying those words, I am enough, you know, that's another line that we've been taught. I am enough. You're not enough. You're more than that. And if you're settling for being enough, and that is your great awakening, you've set the bar too darn low. That's what I mean. You're not enough. You're magnificent. So today, I want you to sit and I want you to think about how many things you can think of that make you magnificent and remarkable and incredible and inspiring. Sit down with your family tonight, tomorrow, every day this week, you know, as you're having dinner and everybody talk about one thing that makes them remarkable. If you can come up with 50 things, that's phenomenal. That's even better. But something that makes you remarkable and it's not what you do for others. It's not, you know, how you do it. It's just for being you. What is it about you 
that makes you remarkable. And it has nothing to do with being of service to any other human being. Okay? That's what your mission is this week. Okay? And then I want you to let me know. You know, go on the Facebook page, the Authentic Human Podcast. Go on that Facebook page. Let me know what it is about you that's so remarkable. Okay? And... If I have time, I am actually going to go. I'm going to read your comments and then I will give you a message from your soul that lets you know something that's remarkable about you from your soul's perspective. Okay? So it's going to be a fun and incredible week. I look forward to seeing all of your comments. And honestly, it doesn't matter when you... uh, when you're doing this, if you go onto the Authentic Human podcast page, search for episode 23 and post this. This could be two years from now. It doesn't matter. Your goal is to start looking today in this moment at what makes you remarkable. And I'm going to help you from your soul's perspective. So thank you so much for listening. I look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks so much. Bye for now. If you are listening to this anywhere other than on my website at michellevickers.com, you can find me on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Facebook at Restoring Human Potential. And of course, you can always email us at community at michellevickers.com. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, who you be today creates your tomorrow. Bye for now.